Single parenting isn't easy. We understand. Most parents don't plan to go it alone, but you can still make the most of this journey for your children and yourself. In fact, if you and your family are on that journey, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the Single Parent Advocate community and to our podcast. And here are your hosts, single parent founder, Stacey Poitras, broadcast journalist, single dad and friend, Daryl Moody. Hi, everybody. Welcome again. Thank you for joining us. I am Daryl Moody, joining you from my home studios here in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Single Parent Advocate. Stacy is the Single Parent Advocate. She's there in the beautiful SPA studios in Dallas. Thank you to the folks there at VentureX Louisville, the realm at Castle Hills. And you'll notice our friend of the show, Brett Sutcliffe, is here again. Uh, he's got his uh, Twitch TV channel, Rack TV. Brent has become a popular guest and a friend of the show. So thank you both for joining us. Stacy. bring us right up to date. You've got exciting developments to share uh, about Single Parent Advocate and, and an effort that you have been uh, working to bring to fruition, and that's helping these families uh, get what they need in terms of back-to-school supplies. And this is more than just backpacks full of pencils and pens and protectors and all that stuff. You actually got these guys some laptops. Yep. I'm super duper excited and grateful. We have an area church, Gateway Church, that donated all of these Chromebooks that arrived on my front doorstep today. I was so excited. And so we're going to be able to get people to take these uh, Chromebooks to each of our families who requested them, almost 100% of the families. So we're gonna at least make sure that we get one Chromebook to every address that there's a child. So even if we can't fulfill multiple Chromebooks in each household, we'll at least be able to give each household one. And so super, super huge thanks to Gateway Church and to all of our volunteers who are gonna go out and take these to our families. These families already requested them so, um, it was a dream of mine to be able to do this. And so I'm, I'm just pumped, so pumped that we well, can. And, and we talked about the need for it, but, but fill us in on the logistics. How did you get teamed up with this church? Who, how did they pay for the laptops? How did they all get sent to your house? Give us the nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts were at the beginning of COVID. I was in South Dallas working with another charity to do a mother's day parade. None of us really knew, um, you know, that Mother's Day was going to be ruined at the beginning of 2020. You know, Mother's Day is usually the first Sunday in May. And so um, I had to cancel Mother's Day and work with this other organization. So while I was there loading in, the gentleman who was leading that nonprofit asked me to step into a conference call. Now, it wasn't one of those situations where I looked nice. No, load-in days are hair on top of the head, no makeup, sweaty, you know. Well, April, sometimes hot in Texas, sometimes not. And schlepping boxes, right? And so I was like, no, 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 I can't. I can't. He goes, come on, and grabbed me by the elbow, and in I went to this Zoom call. I had no idea what was getting ready to happen. Well, on the other end of the Zoom was a young man uh, minister from Gateway Church Dallas who said that they would like to help single parents and he needed to find a single parent group to align with. So over the last year and a half, two years since COVID began, can you believe it's turning the corner and it's a year and a half now? I, I know it only feels like seven years. <laughs> 
And uh, so Gateway helped us along uh, the beginning of COVID, uh, reach out to dads after that. Uh, they helped us uh, reach out to uh, school, uh, back to school and students the, right at the beginning of COVID. Uh, we have uh, been trying to set together intentionally working together to really scale our services in alignment so that we can really get you know more of a regional reach and so uh, it's been a relationship that has been really organic just feels real natural that you know God's all in the middle of it and we all are looking to work together so this year they couldn't host back to school because their uh, campus was being remodeled and so Matthew 6 ministries stepped in and helped us with all the back to schools and helping us with the sorting and uh, back to school supplies and then uh, Gateway came alongside and proudly said you know we'd like to buy those computers and so uh, the two ministries Matthew 6 and Gateway and then our host church in Carrollton Faith for Life Church all came together to make it possible to to do this and I you know I'm so happy and excited for the families and can't wait you it's know, just tremendous. Hopefully I'll, I'll have some videos of some of the kids uh, to share. But right now, you know, I did put our back to school video on YouTube so everybody can see us at Faith for Life Church with Matthew 6 Ministries. And uh, I'm not as good of a video editor as Eric is. This is my work. Just know for the fans out there, Eric did not put that back to school video together. <laughs> it was me. But um it was wonderful and uh so this is just an add-on to it the next thing we're trying to do is to get donations for the parents that are in college and uh, figure out a way to get some clothing to these kids but it uh, looks like you know our community's on the move and we'll be able to do that hopefully by christmas that's incredible now have you been able to connect with any of your single parent advocate families to tell them that these uh chromebooks are coming they don't know as of today but wow, they're going nice. to know so do not by the time this program actually uh comes on the air it or makes it available on all the podcasting channels i think they'll know by then so we're this program should go live on uh, labor day and on labor day it won't be a secret anymore but today for our taping day they don't know yet that's awesome. Yep. That's exciting. I know. So I'm so excited. You, Those moms. Who are you going to tell first? Do you have a family that you know that needs the, the Chromebook the most? And, and are you going to, you know, kind of tell them first? Oh, no. No, they're all precious. They're all precious. What we're going to do is we're going to reach out to the families who actually appeared at the back to school drive, like they registered and appeared. And um, then the families that had a change of plans for whatever reason, we're going to make them second. And then uh, every household, like I said, each household will get one. And then if there's the ability to uh, do more, we will. That's awesome. Yeah. Brett, catch us up to speed with you, man. We haven't had you on the show in a couple of weeks. How's Rack TV doing? What are you up to? <laughs> Oh, we're doing great. Uh, we actually, you know, and we were talking about this before the show, you know, I had, a, I keep the SPA link on the bottom of my page when I'm streaming. 
And so folks, and I've been working on getting in front of more people and getting reviews and getting more, just more of that exposure. And I had someone just the other night come in, you know, they were checking stuff out. They said, Hey, I was looking at your merch, but I decided to donate to your charity instead. And uh, I was like, that's super cool. You know, and, and that's, that's the whole goal. You know, you do your special events, you talk about what the vision is, and then you get those folks that'll come in at random and they're like, Hey, you know, this was awesome. I went and did it. And I'm like, it's always even, it's always that much better to me when you're not asking for it and somebody just does it. And that's always just really, really cool to me. And that means more than anything. Um, it is, it is um, really hard to always be on the ask, you know? And right. uh, so huge thanks, huge thanks to the yeah. guys at Rack TV. That's awesome. But outside of that, just been just been busy with uh, real life and work and family and, and all that, all that grind, man. Just it's good to be busy. <laughs> it's good to have the kids yeah. back in school. Kind of feels like life is returning to to quote unquote normal. I mean, whatever normal is for you. But it's, you know, I know in my household, we are really getting settled into the back to school routine and it feels right. great college football's back in a couple of weeks very exciting yeah no really happy to have my kid, kiddo back in school i can have a bit more structure on the work day get caught up with uh new and other projects reconnect at the office a little bit the office projects you know reconnect with my team in that regard and and it's it's been great getting that kid back in school it's been fantastic a lot of paperwork he keeps bringing me but uh i've got an eighth grader so there you go is he enjoying it brent Oh yeah. He wanted to go back to school. He could, he couldn't wait because awesome. he liked seeing his friends and his girl friend. We call ah. it. We've never met her. He barely talks about her. He's around me when he's not at school. So I'm like, I keep telling him, and, and this is probably a discussion you have another podcast, but I'm like, dude, if this is something you really want, one, you got to make sure you got a steady income coming through. Cause you've got to take care of her Two, You've got to meet her parents. That's very important. Three, at some point we're going to have to meet her. And so I was like, this isn't really legit to me until you figure those things out. But you're welcome to be friends and talk and all that is, is kind of the conversation I've had with him. And some of the other real life stuff I tell him, he gets embarrassed. The dad, don't talk about that. I got to tell you sometime, kiddo. <laughs> that stuff terrifies me, Brent, but I'm in no hurry to get there. I, you know, my oldest just started the third grade and my youngest is in the first grade. So, you know, boyfriends and girlfriends and that sort of thing. We're, we're still a ways away. Thank God. Not yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy the ride, but don't blink is my advice. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, sh they were, I feel like they were babies yesterday, you know, and all, it's all happening entirely too fast. Right. So let's jump into our subject matter for today's show. Uh, and again, I'm going to draw from my personal life for this. And, and Stacy, uh, thankfully, as our, as our resident uh, voice of reason has done some research into this topic, but it's, it's basically competing with your co-parent. Uh, I know that in my house, I, I find myself uh, doing this without even thinking about it, but it's, for me, it's more of a, you know, my ex-wife comes from a wealthy family and has a, a fairly high level job making, you know, a fair amount of more money than I did. Um, so, you know, it's like whenever I take my kids to her house, I feel like the entire American Girl product line is on full display in her living room. And I'm sorry, but if you've ever priced out American Girl uh, dolls and stuff, that is not, uh, that's not cheap. So for me, you know, I, and, and I feel like I just, 
I don't have the resources to compete with that. I can't spend thousands of dollars on toys. But what I can give my kids is experiences and memories and things like that that you can't buy in a store. So I, you know, and it's probably not healthy for me to think of it this way, but I just kind of, my approach to my relationship with my kids is look, I can't give you the stuff that your mom gives you, but your mom also isn't going to take your kids on a bike ride. Whereas I do, you're, uh, I take my kids to the beach. I take my kids to the park. We're very active in our, in our neighborhood. We're always out and about doing stuff and they don't get that sort of thing from, from my, my ex-wife. So, uh, you know, perfect example, a few weeks ago, the girls were at my house and they wanted to FaceTime with their mom and they called her and she just so happened to be at downtown Disney in Disney World. And she just so happened to be there with her best friend from college. And she just so happened to be spending the weekend there. And so my kids were upset because they're like, well, we want to go to Disney World. And I go, well, has your mom ever taken you to Disney World? No, mom's never taken us to Disney World. Whereas I've taken the kids to the theme parks a couple of times. It's usually more hassle than it's worth. So I certainly understand why my ex-wife would want to go to Disney with her best friend from college. But to me, those experiences are meant to be shared with your kids. So, mm-hmm. you know, lo and behold, I'm going to take my kids to Universal Studios this weekend. And we're going to spend the day at a theme park. Because to me, I feel like my kids need to get that. So, uh, you know, Stacey, you did some research into this subject. Where am I going wrong? Well, I thought I'd ask you, you know, first of all, do you feel like she's trying to compete with you? Or do you feel like it's just a situation that happens to exist because of of what's going on? And are you trying to compete with her? Or are you just having like... Daddy this guilt. may just be my own cynicism, but I truly believe my ex-wife is going to try to buy my kids' affection. I okay. Mean, you know, my eight-year-old already has her own iPhone. Granted, there are a lot of strings attached to that iPhone. She's only allowed to use it at her mom's house when her mom tells her she can use it. And apparently she can only use it to text me every now and then. Um, that being said, I'm not going to go out and buy my daughter. I'm not going to buy her an iPhone to use here at the house. I mean, I might get her a, a, a track phone so you can use in the case of an emergency. But I mean, does my kid need her own smartphone? I don't think so. Uh, of course, I'm also the same guy that bought her an iPad a couple of weeks ago. So who am I? Does it say between the two of you, she's fixing to score? <laughs> wow. Well, and and obviously, you know, the bad side of that is you can get kids to take advantage of that sort of situation. They go, "Well, mom got me this. Well, dad got me this." You know, and the next thing you know, they're playing you against each other. Well, that's exactly um, what this article kind of started talking about that I found. Um, it was it was on mensdivorce.com for anybody who wants to look it up. It's called The Dangers of Competitive Parenting. Now, you know, I think a lot of us think that, you know, I think it's neat that you bring it up as a father because I think it usually moms feel it's kind of the shoe being on the other foot, you know, that they can't keep up. They do more of the, you know, time and treasure. They, they give time and then the, the, the dad or the, the male co-parent gives more of the treasure. But, you know, if you look at love languages and that was not a part of the article, you know, the words of affirmation, right, for, ch- for children and for people we care about are really important. Certainly time and touch and then gifts and service, right? And so there's a lot of different ways to make your, your child feel loved and vice versa, right? 
so, you know, I think, you know, just hearing you, I, I feel like you are doing a lot more of the quality time, it sounds like, and she's doing a lot more of the gifts and, um, you know, it, 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 as long as it's in balance, you know, and it's not in a spirit of one-upping each other all the time. Well, and, yeah. I, and I don't, I'm not trying to one-up her because as far as I'm concerned, it's apples and oranges, but I still feel this, this need to give my kids as much as I can give them. And, you know, even though it's not the latest American Girl doll, well, it's okay, well, let's go do this or let's go, you know, no, let's go yeah, check I get this it. There was, um, there was a store when my son was young called Build-A-Bear. And everybody needed to go get build a bear. And, you know, it's so funny um, is now that Chris has moved to Hawaii, guess where that build a bear lives now? At he lives house? with me. Mm hmm. And he has a heart, and the heart, you know, <laughs> you can't get rid of the build a bear even when your kids grow, you know. So hopefully that build a bear will be my grandchild someday, you know. But I just, I, I was thinking about, you know, that as I read through this article, and I'll dive into it, but <laughs> I was like, you know, I felt that even though in my situation, the Chris's dad was absent. So I wasn't competing against him. And I thought, you know, when we all decided to talk about competitive co-parenting, you know, what was I competing against myself or was I you know, you know, like we've talked about before, was I having mommy guilt because, you know, he was absent? Was I trying to make up for things? And then ultimately, you know, he he didn't ever have to contribute or do anything, you know? So uh, I feel like he was really on the losing end of that stick because we have a great son, you know? But uh, anyway, if you were to look at that as a competition, if you're out there and you're raising your child on your own, you know, I think that this competitive parenting can kind of come up when we try to keep up with trends and, and we try to keep making up for the guilt that we have in our hearts. So when we talk about this, you know, competitive parenting, I think, can show up whether it's co-parent, you know, competing against one another or in my case, I was competing against expectations, competing against comparisons, competing against what I wanted my son to have because I felt guilty that, you know, I, he only had one parent, you know, so hopefully that'll be something that everybody can kind of roll with. I don't know, Brent, do you, before we dig in, do you have anything to, to, to add? Um, well, a couple things, you know, one, I, I, uh, I've got a friend of mine where I can understand where Daryl's coming from, you know, and my, and my, and my buddy's married. So, but that this sort of thing can still happen when you're married too. you know, you can have that competitive parenting and that a lot of times I think unfortunately can lead to divorce issues. You hope it doesn't, but I mean, it's that need for your kid to love you more than the other person. And it shouldn't have to be that way. There should be a way to balance it out. You know, my, my wife and I, she works a lot and I can be more flexible with what I do. So like during the summer, he's with me a lot because I can be flexible about that. You know, so if I have to run an errand nearby, I mean, the week we can work out something where I drop her, drop him off at my wife's shop or something, you know, or if, if in, with school back in session, like she's picking him up today while I'm here doing this, you know, things like that, you work things out. 
but there's other situations where, you know, like with my buddy, you know, where his wife has just gone a lot on business where he has to pick it up. And that can be, I can understand how that would be hard because you feel like you have to do a lot of it while she's out of town doing a thing. So it's, it's kind of that, that's when it becomes like what you're Stacy saying, where you feel like you're carrying most of the burden and it just gets tough, you know, because you got to provide for, you got to be both the mom and the dad at times. And that's hard because, you know, for, for one thing, it's hard for men to multitask. So having to be both mom and dad is incredibly difficult. And uh, I feel for you, Daryl, having two daughters down the road on how you're going to work with a lot of that, you know, without having your wife around. Well, and, and I, you know, to your point, there's a natural bond there between between the girls, so to speak. You know what I mean? And I yeah. can't, I, I don't have that. I can't compete with that. You know, not that right. I should feel like I have to. But uh, right. Yeah, but you, I mean, you get what I'm saying, you know. But I love what you. I, one thing I love about your co-parenting situation is is, is kind of a little bit of the difference there. Like what Stacy was saying with the different loves that love languages, you know, disagree or agree with it. I'll leave that to each person its own, but you're trying to give them the memories and the, and the things. And I've always, that's always been important to me because I remember sitting down with my dad at Denny's over a milkshake, you know, and my dad's like, how do you remember that? I don't, I was like, I just do. It was a great yeah. day. I was a kid. You took me for a flipping milkshake. I mean, at that age, that was amazing. You know, and so I've tried to do a lot of that for my son too. Like uh, he, I took him to Universal in California the last time we visited my folks a couple of years back. And he still remembers that and wants to go sometime again, even though he had a droopy attitude half the time we were there. You know, we were talking just the other day. He's like, I want to go back to that again sometime. Like, okay. <laughs> it's out of the blue. But, you know, they're going to remember that. They're going to remember growing up. They're going to remember the time that my dad took us to Universal and we had a great day. You know, maybe little things you won't even remember, but memories, I think, are so important, you know, with your kids and having those moments to remember. And uh, and as far as the, the competitive, the, the, that, that article about competitive parenting, that's rough stuff because that does happen because you want your kids to like you. And when you get mad at the other parent, you know, and my wife and I went through this ordeal a couple of years back where we were just fighting a lot and inadvertently, whether we liked it or not. You know, looking back, I can see that we were in the middle of that, you know, trying to keep our son's attention. And it was a little bit of that. And I, I regret some of the things I said and did at that time. Fortunately, we're, we don't struggle with that so much now. Um, and we're being a much better team in regards to parenting. But competitive parenting, if you're not careful, can cause a lot of toxicity with your kids. Because right. they pick up on more than, than we realize. Well, it even says in this article, guys, it says, um, I'm looking at my notes. So it says uh, it's harmful to the child's development and um, that children can find themselves stuck in between. And I thought about, okay, this is, and we're going to go forward with this. So bear with me. But I thought about my chihuahua, Mercutio. Mercutio is like, he's that dog that, you know, when you put your head on the pillow, he's already there. Like he wants to be the dog you pick. And then he does the same thing with my husband. He'll go and snuggle him, you know, and he goes back and forth and he's getting treats. He's getting all the snuggles. He's getting everything he wants and he's playing both both sides of the coin. 
And um, even in my other uh, Chihuahua, uh, his name's Romeo. It's Romeo and Mercutio. And uh, Romeo, he at night, if I close, uh, you know, the door for whatever reason, he's like, oh, no, no, I need to roam around the house. I want to find out, you know, if anybody's got any treats that doesn't know I've already been fed, <laughs> you know. And so they, the, even the fur babies that we have, you know, kind of learn how to play both sides of the coin. And they do that because we've taught them. Um so feeling in between, though, they said is not a great place for a child because they feel like they can control um, your the parent's behavior. And so whenever you give your children the keys to your behavior or your co-parent's behavior, it can turn upside down fast. Um, they said that um, it's natural for kids after parents have uh, divorced uh, especially if it was an ugly divorce, for them to feel a constant need for comfort. And it's also uh, very normal for a parent to feel like they owe their child something because of everything that had happened, especially joyful experiences. And I had that feeling. I remember I always, I always told my son, I want you to have happy memories. I want to help. I want you to to leave and grow up and look back on a house full and a life full of happy memories. And so that comes from guilt, um, not, it comes from love too, but it, it, if it's taken over the top, top, it can come from guilt. But what he said was, uh, it gets into a, where you get hooked is when you start keeping score. Like if you are keeping score, like, okay, she brought two American, new American Girl dolls, and so I'm going to take them to Universal Studios. And she took them to downtown Disney, so I'm going to take them, you know, somewhere else. Or I'm going to do something else. She bought them an iPad, so I'm going to buy them an iPhone or vice versa. Um, and they try to outdo each other. And that the reason why people try to outdo each other and they get hooked like that is because they really haven't forgiven and they really still have ill feelings for their co-parent and they haven't established um, clear, communicative uh, home uh, where parents can be in it together. They, they, they stress that, you know, when you co-parent, even as a divorced couple or a separated couple, you're really still better together. And when you do co-parent together and set the muckety-muck aside, what happens is your child ends up growing in a, growing up in a more stable and, and secure environment, and they actually do better versus learning some fake lessons, you know? Um, you want to hear the fake lessons? Well, I was just going to admit that I, I think I'm guilty of not forgiving my co-parent. I think there's a lot that I haven't forgiven her for, and that's just going to take time. But um, you know, maybe maybe that plays into why I, I feel the need to try and compete. But anyway, well, and you know, being aware, you know, is the first step. You know, that's why we talk about this stuff. So um, he said that basically, if we incentivize our children's affection in any way, or we try to alienate the other parent by competing with them 
what happens is our child learns that they can win by creating guilt and competition. Um, because if the two parents, co-parents aren't communicating, actually, there's no way for them to verify that whatever the child is saying is true. So um, a, a child um, you know, can actually leverage that much like Romeo and Mercutio. <laughs> oh, he, you know, dad doesn't know that I just got a treat. So I'm just going to go tell him I'm starving and then he's going to get another treat. So there's no way to verify what's true. And um, so the, the, the kids learn a false lesson that they can get away with manipulation like that. Um, and so, you know, just having some kind of communication uh, with your co-parents really important. I think you're going to love the next one, Daryl. You know what it's called? Disneyland parenting. Oh, I saw that. I've got the same article here. Disneyland. Tell me about that. And so basically, this is kind of reminding me about what your family is having, where um, your ex is doing a lot of gifts and, you know, but you're doing a lot of the, you know, what did you call yourself the other the other day when we were talking about the you know drill sergeant that you know you're going around making sure there's structure getting all the well I call myself Sergeant Slaughter which I am when I'm trying to get the kids <laughs> out the door but you know I also don't want to fall into the pitfall of being the fun parent because being the fun parents all fine and good until the kids don't respect you because you're the one that is always there for the fun and games but never so, there for the tough stuff which is why I always keep Sergeant Slaughter at the ready. <laughs> that makes we sense got, we gotta work on that name i don't know i don't want well, you know it's to... funny it's funny you know when before before we had elise when we were still married you know we talked about what kind of parents are you going to be you know and i and we used to joke how like i was going to be the softy and she was going to be the disciplinarian we're really i think it i think it's kind of the opposite because I, I mean i'm i'm pretty strict on my kids when it comes to their behavior and that sort of thing and i feel like she course i'm not there but it just seems to me like they get away with a lot more with her but uh but i don't know well um in that in that kind of situation where somebody's the disciplinarian and somebody else is the fun parent the competition gets spurred on um and what the kids learn it says is that they equate gifts with love and so um well to brent's to brent's point like you know, you're talking about love languages. I remember going through divorce <clears throat> counseling with my ex-wife, you know, gifts were her number one love language, whereas quality time is my number one love language. So, and I think that kind of speaks to what we're giving our kids as gifts. She gives them stuff. I try to give them experiences, which totally right. speaks to our love languages. Well, and everybody's a mixture of all the love languages. You just have certain dominant ones, you know, but um, if, if money gifts equals love- yeah but money money isn't love like there's all kinds of love and so if you just decide okay i'm gonna just compete with gifts and compete with this then that they're suggesting anyway that what the child learns and it's not a good lesson it's not a 100 percent truthful lesson that um money is love well i guess in that respect i you know because like i said I, I don't have the resources she does so i can't i can't afford to attempt to keep up you know, when it comes to American girl dolls, but, 
you know, I load my kids up in the car and we go to the beach. And we spend a day at the beach. My, my ex-wife has never taken the kids to the beach. That's we good. That it sounds like you guys are balancing, even though you're still on the teeter totter of uh, healing, you know? Well, you know, I, I, I've, I've been through a lot of therapy and I've talked about this a lot. And I, and I still firmly believe that even though my ex-wife and I are very different people, we never should have been married. I still believe that if each of us gives our kids the best of what we can give them to our strengths, I think our kids are going to be okay. You know, yeah. hopefully they get my personality yeah. and her organizational skills, you know, that sort of thing. That was uh, a dig. That was a dig. <laughs> the woman can organize. That's all I'm saying. She's a planner by trade. Uh, so, you know, I, I just, hopefully I give the kids the best that I can give them. She gives the best that they that she can give them. And by the time they make it to college, they're going to, they're going to have plenty on their tool belt to handle whatever life tosses at them. All yeah. right. I was, but, I was telling my son for quite a while, you know, when my wife and I were really going through some struggles, I was saying, look, I just want to make it very clear that I am not pitting your way in any way against your mom. I want you to understand that. And he was like, yeah, I get it, dad. I get it. I told him that several times because I never wanted him to even think that it was something that had to do with him. I never wanted him to even think if it got really bad, that it was his fault in any way. And I'd never, ever want to be in that position where there's that thought, you know, he's just trying to buy him off or he's trying to pit him against so-and-so and, and stay away from a lot of that just because it's, it's toxic. Oh, and, it is. And there's a lot of parental alienation groups out there, yeah. you know, where people get into alienating the other parent, you know, it, it gets, it gets out of control beyond competition and it turns into parental alienation sometimes if it gets, you know, way off to and, the right or left and to be fair i'm not i'm not giving my kids these things and saying well your mom gave you this so i'm gonna give you this you know what i mean even right. though that's in the back of my mind you don't you don't position it that way when you're presenting it to the kids you know what i mean you right. know so, so they don't know why we're going to go to universal studios on saturday i'm just going to surprise them with it. but secretly you're going i got this oh secretly i'm like yeah kelly you take him to disney i dare you you know, I mean, she's she's never taken them to stay in a hotel room. She takes them to her mom's, to her parents' house and to her sister's house. So as long as she's got somebody around her to handle the kids, you know, she's on vacation, too. I think back to, you know, it's college football season. I'm a big sports fan. I love taking my kids to games. And I can remember when I was married, just having these huge fights with my ex-wife where I'm like, let's take the kids and go to a game. And of course, her whole thing was, well, I want to have fun. And I'm sorry, but when you're trying to raise your kids around something, it's not about whether or not you have fun. It's about whether or not you can build those, create those memories with your kids, establish those routines so that when they're, you know, 15, 16 and they're in high school, like they know how to tailgate for a college football game. They know what they're doing because they were brought up around. You know why? Because I suffered through all those miserable games, you know, when they were four and five, trying to teach these kids how to watch football. You're so serious about it. This is a passionate thing for me. Like, okay, I, I grew up watching sports with my dad. I'm a big sports fan because of my dad. I want to share that with my kids. I want my kids to grow up loving sports for the same reason I do. Because it, because it, it I can't watch an Atlanta Braves game without thinking about my dad. I can't watch a Gator game without thinking about my dad. I want my kids to feel the same way. So that's why that's a really big thing to me. I gotcha. Well, that's a whole nother topic there, Daryl. 
Well, yep. thankfully, we me, do me, one me of these and every week, so We're both we'll giving you the play. nod. I think we're seeing our next topic. <laughs> well, you know, post Labor Day. Well, we'll but for now, my... we're not talking about you know passing down uh, our own uh, hobbies and stuff and forcing them on our children. We're talking about competitive parenting, you know, and um, so you know. But I know what you're talking about because I love to sing and dance, and I absolutely. You know, I had Chris, you know, he's in musical theater. He loved it, you know. But that's that's a whole, the whole another chapter of the SPA podcast for sure. And we'll dive into that topic for sure. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Hopefully, it'll be during football season, and I can wear my Dallas Cowboys while you're wearing your Atlanta Braves. Was that there the right team? Anyway, well, you're it's a bad look for you, Stacy. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> Cowboys are a bad look for anyone. Oh, sorry, did I say that out loud. You gave me a bad look. Okay, good. You guys are in Texas. You can't say things like that. <laughs> I, what do you mean? Like the I Dallas said, Cowboys are like, they're a big deal in Texas. No, no, no. I said I'll wear my Dallas Cowboys outfit while you wear your Atlanta Braves outfit. But then I was thinking, well, it's not the Braves that play football, is it? They play baseball. They play baseball. Yeah. But but growing up, but growing up, my dad, you know, like you could go to college if you wanted to. Like you you know, whatever big decisions you have in your life, those are your decisions to make. But you will root for the Florida Gators and you will root for the Atlanta Braves. Like that was that was those were the two, you know, those are the those are the lines in the sand that my old man drew. Okay, but not the Atlanta Falcons. See, I remembered Brent. No. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm not really a big NFL fan. I mean, we want to talk about sports. I'm a much bigger college football fan. So I watch all college right. football Well, I'll all just leave it here. I'll leave it here because we're so digressing. I really feel like this needs to be, I want to like be your daughter's advocates here that they might should have some freedom in what the hobbies and interests they pursue. Just something for you to think about. I, th- I take them to ballet. They're into ballet. I, I'm, I take them and expose them to that sort of stuff too. Tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> what's the What's the gator chant, Daryl? Oh, there's a billion of them. Which one? Billion of them. I'm just making sure oh, you're chopping. We chop. I mean, I'm not we kidding chop. you. We We have the Pride of the Sunshine band. I have a CD that I burned years ago. It's all the marching band songs, and my kids request it. They go, "Daddy, I want to listen to gator music," and I go, "All right." I got you. Go Gators. We do it in the car. We're cheering in the car, driving to school. It's ridiculous. Awesome. Those are good memories. But my kids already love watching football. But if they grow up and they say, dad, we want to go to the mall. If we still have malls when they grow up, you know, don't, don't you like, there's going to be a need, a little softening maybe around this area, perhaps. We'll, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I don't know. I think, you know, I think Daryl's raising a, a golden wife down the road. I mean, he's already. Exactly. So a couple of young men <laughs> That's you know, 20 years from now are going to say, my God, you did such an amazing job. She can change her own tire. She, she knows, she knows what a spread offense looks like. You, you just wait. All right. Yeah. All right. Next topic. I mean, original topic. We were talking about Disneyland parenting. Disneyland parenting. Yeah. Right. Where we teach our kids money is equal to love, right? Competition is really driven by indulgences, right? Like iPads, iPhones, American Girl dolls, you know, going to Universal, like all these different like things. They just kind of keep going. But really, if one parent is given 
all of the opportunity to be the giver of gifts and they don't have any custodial or duties and the other parent has all of the duties and none of the not able to give any of the fun then that creates a disneyland dynamic which can teach kids money and love are synonymous mm -hmm. and so we want to make sure that we don't put ourselves and our families into those traps divorced or not and then um, the next thing that article talked about is discipline issues, which I know, Daryl, you have a hot button for discipline. So I think you'll like what the guy says. I'm not sure. So let me let me just like dig it in. Uh, he says, basically, um, it's not like, um, you know, discipline issues have to be really severe. It can be like something like when you compete on discipline issues, it can be like uh, the child can go to uh, your ex and say, oh, I just want to go to bed at 10 o'clock when I'm at your house, mom. Dad makes me go to bed at 8. That's just really too early for me. And you kind of have like the bedtime comparison or another discipline issue that people can compete about is like okay I don't want to come home and you know just immediately start doing homework I don't play video games and I they print you like that <laughs> I don't play video games for a little while and then get back to my homework which that can play on emotions right of the parents and basically the kid learns that they can get what they want by just playing on uh, the parents emotions to guilt them or manipulate them into compromising on different boundaries and we talked about last week what important boundaries are right but the kids will push it if they know they can and stretch stretch the boundaries in order to get their way i don't know if you've had any of that but um that was the third thing that he talked about in the article well thankfully my ex-wife and i have actually collaborated on discipline issues before I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. My youngest one had gotten in trouble at summer camp. And so uh, we were taking Elise to her golf camp and then we were, the girls and I were gonna go get dinner afterwards. And I texted her mom, you know, between leaving the golf course and going to dinner, I said, meet us at this restaurant. And she popped up out of nowhere, sat down right next to me. And it, I'm not kidding you, Stacy. it was the first and only time I have ever seen my six-year-old actually fearful. And she was, and she said, I, she started crying. She said, I'm scared. Like she knew that in that moment, wow, mom and dad are working together on this. This is serious. So, you know, for as much as I feel like I have to compete with my ex-wife, at least we are for the most part on the same page when it comes to discipline. Um, I, you talked about the evening routine from what I hear hers is very similar to mine. Uh, especially in the timing, you know, it's, we try to get them in bed between eight and nine, get them their 10 hours of sleep before they wake up. So uh, at least on discipline issues, you know, we're kind of on the same page for the most part. Well, basically what, what the guy said was that, you know, when you do collaborate, you know, um, versus allowing your children to kind of learn these false lessons, like, you know, I can manipulate my way into getting my way or I can, uh, you know, love is money, or what was the other one I, I mentioned a minute ago? It was um, basically, uh, I can incentive, I can, I can say I can earn affection and I can alienate someone else, you know, um, and get away with lying. He says, if, if, if you really are able to set aside all of the tit for tat in your personal relationship, maybe you still harbor 
pain or resentment, that maybe you have a proverbial parking lot for that when it comes to co-parenting your kids and you don't create a competition. Talked about, you know, that a child should never be thrust into a position of influencing an adult's behavior. Not your behavior, not the grandparents' behavior, not your ex's behavior. If it's a child or, you know, they're a little person and they need to know that, you know, they 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 need to be taken care of. Well, you're almost going back to the subject matter from last week being triggered. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you talk about you don't let the kids dictate your behavior. Right. You know, that's kind of one of the struggles that I have all the time is like, I don't have to get so upset with them when they act out. I don't have to, I don't have to react. You know, now they're regulating my behavior, which is obviously what we want. That to means avoid. that we need to go make some Daryl puppets. Little finger puppets. Yeah. I'm not happy about this. Well, tell me why. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> okay. And then I thought this was interesting too. He brought up boundaries and limits are part of parenting. We just talked about it too, you know, about boundaries and how, you know, we create a sandbox and once that sandbox is covered, we, you know, expand it, right? So if we can't, if we, if we as parents quit having boundaries that keep our kids safe and in structured environments and we blow the boundaries out of the water competing with one another it's not it's not safe it's not the right decision and it puts the the child and the children in uh the driver's seat and so at the end of the article he just talks about you know co-parents are stronger together they need to be communicative uh, they need to be non-competitive. They need to provide stable homes that really allow their kids to grow and thrive. And if you end up, you know, in this dysfunctional pattern, it's always easy to, you know, hit the reset button. Maybe not with your differences, but with how you co-parent. Like maybe you separate those two and commit to uh, creating an environment that's structured, safe, and a place where your kids can grow and thrive. Mm-hmm. You would never put a three-year-old in, in, in a driver's seat of a car. So Brent, do you have any input? <laughs> what I find hilarious is kids get very sneaky when they want to be, and they play the same tricks that we played when they were their age. And I find that hilarious because supposedly we don't know about those games at all. But like we played the, and I told my kid that before I said, you need to understand that you play the same games that I played with my parents. They played it with their parents and so on and so on and so on. I was like, ain't nothing new. dude." <laughs> I, my dad, when I was a kid, he used to yell at us when we would go to the store, you know, okay, here's your 10 bucks, buy whatever you want. And my dad used to just rate, he would call them blister packs. Okay. And think about the, the GI Joe action figure, the cardboard back backing, and then the plastic around the guy. Well, my dad called those blister packs and he used to just rail against them. Why do you buy those blister pack toys? It's crap. Why do you do it? So Elisa's sixth birthday or eighth birthday was in June. My mom gave her a $50 gift card. The idea behind the gift card was great. She can go to target and get some, you know, a new case or something for the iPad that I got her for her birthday. So, you know, comes time for her to spend her gift card and she buys all these like slime and, and, and kinetic sand and, and, you know, three or four different things got thrown away before they even came into the house. And I, and I'm running around screaming, like, why did you waste your money on these 
two and three dollar garbage toys and i was like wow that sounds just like the blister pack speech i heard a million times when i was a kid so you know yeah it's it, it all comes full circle it really does yep it sure does well i hope this little article is something that helps everybody i you know i thought it was really really insightful it was pretty simple straightforward and uh i thought we could all help daryl through his moments of uh competition i, th I thought that was great like really really great discussion really thought-provoking Mm-hmm. and obviously i don't want to take it you know take it the wrong way and alienate my ex-wife and that sort of thing but like I, I can't i can't help it i feel like i gotta i feel like i gotta give them you know the best i can well, you want to adopt me for the weekend, Daryl? Yeah, I want to go you to, want to Universal. Come to Universal with us on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Universal is fun. I love it. I love it. Uh, I've never been to the one in Florida because when we go, we go, we just do it driving out to California because my folks live a couple hours north. So we'll go for the day and then drive up and it's a lot pretty, pretty cost effective for the trip. But I love I love all the shows. That's what I love about it. And uh, the world we saw the Waterworld one last time and it was really good. But uh, obviously, that's we can we can chat about what we love and not love another day. But uh, yeah, that's it's it's. I hope you guys have a great time. That's fun. Well, thank you. I think we will. All right, you guys. Well, thanks for a great talk, and um, I guess we'll just see you guys next week. Singleparentadvocate.org. Yep, North Texas Giving Day. Choose SPA. Love you guys. Go Braves. Go Gators. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Go Cowboys. That's the only thing we want to hear. Go Rangers. <laughs>